You are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound. But you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, this morning we continue our series of sermons. We've been talking about salvation. Uh, We spent many weeks talking about the fact that our salvation was accomplished by the work of Jesus Christ. And now we are looking at the application of that finished work of Christ, uh, sometimes referred to as the ordo salutis, the, the way in which God applies the work of Christ to our lives. We saw that the concept of an order in application comes from, among other places, Romans chapter 8. When God says, those whom he called, he also justified. Those whom he justified, he also glorified. A sense of of order in the way in which God applies the work of salvation. Last time, we talked about the first step in that order of application, the effectual call of the gospel. We saw that this was more than just the general call, but the effectual call, the Father calling that we might have changed lives. And the nature of that change, or perhaps I should say the beginning of that change, is what we're going to talk about this morning. Regeneration. The second step in the order of salvation. Regeneration by the power of the Holy Spirit. And again, one of the things I want to remind you of in this series is we tend to think very narrowly about our salvation that is the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And it's true, Christ accomplished everything necessary on the cross. But the application, the call, comes from the Father and the life comes from the Holy Spirit. God in His triune nature is involved in bringing us to salvation, in bringing us into fellowship with him. The Trinity is active. And so he receives glory and praise in all of who he is, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Regeneration, sometimes referred to as being born again. Maybe you've heard that language, being born again. What does that mean that we need to be born again? That was really the heart of Nicodemus' question in John chapter 3. 
What does it mean to be born again? What does it mean to be regenerate? In fact, if you look in many systematic theologies, they will turn to John chapter 3 in these first verses as kind of the, the locus classicus, the, 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 the most clear text of what it is to be born again, to be regenerate. And so we look at this text together this morning. Perhaps, before even getting there, we might ask ourselves the question, why do we care about this? Isn't this just theology? Isn't this just a matter for seminary classrooms, maybe good for seminary students, but do we need this in our lives? Do we have to understand things like effectual calling and particularly this morning regeneration? Why is this important to us? Why should we care and spend time talking about these things? Well, Jesus himself answers that question. In verse 3, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And he repeats that in verse 5. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. We are talking about a matter central to our salvation. Without regeneration, we cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. We cannot enter the kingdom of God. No, this is absolutely necessary for us to see what God has done. We might praise Him for the fullness, for the glory of His work, that we are regenerate, that we are born again. What does it mean to be born again? It is something that everyone must undergo. And that's what Jesus is teaching here uh, when he talks to Nicodemus. This entrance into the kingdom of God, this entrance into the kingdom of heaven, everyone must be born again if that is to be the case. He's talking to Nicodemus, a Pharisee, one who was well-schooled in the Word of God. He's talking to Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. He's talking to Nicodemus, a man of power and a man of authority. And he says, you too, Nicodemus. If you want to see the kingdom of heaven, if you want to see the kingdom of God, you too must be born again. And so it is with everyone today. If we want to, to have an eternity with our God, regeneration is absolutely necessary. It's necessary if you are an elder in the church. It's necessary if you are a minister in the church. If it's necessary, if you are a longtime church member who has gone every day, you must be born again to see the glories of God's kingdom. Absolutely necessary for men, for women, for young, for old, for the powerful, for the weak, for everyone to see the kingdom of God, to enter the kingdom of heaven, you must be born again. So what does that mean? What is the nature of that? being born again. Again from verse 3, Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now I have a little footnote uh, in my Bible. 
that says, unless one is born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And that reading from above, I believe, is actually a better reading. Every other time, except here, every other time in the Gospel of John that this word occurs, it is translated from above. For some reason here, our translators say born again. But I think born from above is a much better reading. How does that help us? What does it mean to be born from above? Well, again, Jesus is clarifying what he means in verse 3 when he speaks in verse 5. These two, verse 3 and verse 5, are parallel to each other. In verse 3, he says, No one can, I truly say to you, unless you are born from above, you can't see the kingdom of God. And verse 5 says, unless you are born of water and the Spirit, you can't enter the kingdom of God. Verse 5 explains verse 3. So what is it to be born of water and the Spirit? And if you look in commentaries, there are various suggestions of what being born of water and the Spirit might mean to explain what it is to be born from above. Some suggest what is being referenced here, being born of water and the Spirit, is Christian baptism. In other words, you must be baptized in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. And there are churches, there are denominations that hold to a doctrine which we call baptismal regeneration, that by the act of being baptized, you become regenerate. Baptism is the means by which regeneration takes place. The external accomplishes the internal. Now, we do not hold that position. Baptism is important. Baptism is a matter of our obedience to God. But we don't believe that by the external act of baptism, you become regenerate. I don't believe that the reference here to water in the Spirit is a reference to Christian baptism. For that reason, among others, also Christian baptism at this point had not been initiated. That would not be initiated until Jesus was ascending back into heaven. And, and if Jesus had meant baptism, he could have said baptism. He is trying to clarify Nicodemus' misunderstanding. Nicodemus heard, you must be born from above. Oh, how can I be born again? How do I go back into my mother's womb? And Jesus is trying to clarify. If he wanted to clarify, he wouldn't say born of water in the Spirit. He would say baptism if he meant baptism. That's not what he's talking about here. Some have suggested that, that what Jesus is referring to, being born of water and the Spirit, is a picture of our physical birth, being born of water, and our spiritual birth, being born of the Spirit. And there have been uh, theologians of uh, quite great renown one of my seminary professors held that particular position, and so it is with hesitation 
that I say, I don't think that's what's going on here either. This is not a reference to our physical birth and our spiritual birth. Remember, Jesus is trying to clarify. He says, unless you are born from above, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus says, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus says, truly, truly, you must be born of water and the Spirit. Now, Nicodemus was confused. He thought Jesus was talking about a physical birth. And so it would not clarify what Jesus meant if he said that the water refers to physical birth and the Spirit refers to spiritual birth. It would only enhance Nicodemus' confusion. So the reference here is not to our physical birth on one hand and our spiritual birth on the other. What does Jesus mean when he says you must be born of water and the Spirit? Maybe the question we should ask is this. What would Nicodemus hear when Jesus said you must be born of water and the Spirit? Nicodemus, a Pharisee. Nicodemus, one schooled in the Old Testament. How would he hear these words, you must be born of water and the Spirit? Now, we, unfortunately, today are not experts in the Old Testament. But Nicodemus, hearing this reference to water and the Spirit... His thoughts certainly would have gone back to that same combination in the Old Testament. He would have thought of Ezekiel chapter 36. I encourage you in your Bible margin to write a note, Ezekiel 36, verse 24 and following. This is what we hear there. God says, I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness, and from all your idols I will cleanse you. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Water and the Spirit brought together in this prophecy in Ezekiel. I will cleanse you with water. I will give you my Spirit. A picture of cleansing. A picture of purification. Being born of water and the Spirit is being purified, being washed, being cleansed, and not simply externally. Oh, the Pharisees were well-versed in, in external cleansings. They had all kind of rituals for cleaning everything. No, an internal cleaning, Jesus is talking about. A, a, a birth from above. A cleansing which only God could accomplish. A cleansing that comes from Him. You must be born from above. What do you mean be born? You must be born of water and the Spirit. You must be purified. You must be cleansed by God himself. And then, and then being born of the Spirit perfectly fits the context. You will be given a, given a new heart and a new spirit. The heart of stone removed and given a heart of flesh. That's a picture of new life. Kids, a heart of stone. If I had a heart of stone, I'd be dead. 
Stone doesn't beat. Stone doesn't move the blood. I'd be dead. But a heart of flesh, I can live. Jesus is saying, you must be born of water and the Spirit, cleansed from above, cleansed by God himself, and given a new life, again, which only God can accomplish, which only God can do. He regenerates you. He he has you become born by him from above, born of water, cleansing, born of the Spirit, new life, given new life and new hope because you couldn't accomplish it. A, 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 A cold stone heart can't do anything. But God, by His Spirit, gives a heart of flesh. And so God receives all the glory in our salvation. We praise Him for what He has done. The the words here, being born of water in the Spirit, being born from above, have the sense of, of a passivity on our side. More than just the concept of being born, the idea of 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 conception, the the very beginnings of our life. And in that, in our conception, we were completely passive. Someone else was active. God is the one who is active in regeneration. God is the one who washes and cleanses. God is the one who gives new life. And we simply receive that glorious gift and we embrace it by faith. And that's God's call to us once again today, to recognize that He is at work. He is changing hearts and lives of His own. And we simply receive and say, Lord Jesus, thank You. I put my faith and my trust in You for what You have done, not for particularly things I need to do. You must be born from above something which only God can accomplish. You must be born of water and the Spirit, a washing and a cleansing and a new life that is given to each and every one of God's own. Jesus concludes this section, verse 7. Do not marvel that I say you must be born from above. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. He connects here the work of the Spirit and the picture of the wind. The wind. Now, kids, I have never seen the wind. I've never seen the wind. I've seen the effects of the wind. I have seen uh, trees blown. Uh, I've seen grass that gets blown. I've seen what the wind does. I've heard the wind. I've heard the wind howl outside the house in a cold, dark Midwest winter, and the wind just howling outside. I've heard the wind. I've never seen the wind. I've seen its effects, and I've heard it. And Jesus says, it's something like this with the work of the Spirit in regeneration. I cannot show you regeneration. It's like the wind. But I certainly can show you the effects of regeneration. We hear the wind. When when one is regenerate, we should hear a difference. 
in their life. We should hear a difference when we talk with them. We should hear a difference when when they talk with each other. There should be a difference between the way a husband and wife talk with each other when they have been regenerate. I can't show you regeneration, but we hear it. There should be a difference in the way that, that parents talk to their children and children to their parents. We can hear it. There's a change. We can hear it in how we talk about others. How we talk about others in our family, how we talk about others in our church. Children, how do you talk about your parents when they are not around? We should hear a difference. We should hear that the Spirit has been and is active in you. We see its effects. We see the the, the effects of regeneration in how we live, in how we interact in our homes, in how we interact at our work, within our church, with each other. We should see the effects. The wind is mighty. The wind is powerful. You can't see it, but you can certainly see what it does. And so it is with the power of the Spirit in regeneration. Now, I cannot tell you this morning You need to be regenerate yourself. You need to do something to become regenerate. Regeneration is from above. It's the work of God. But I can certainly tell you, if you claim to be regenerate, that God has done this work in you, then we should hear it and we should see it. We need to to act like we are regenerate if the Spirit has been at work in us. It's like the wind. You cannot see the wind, but you can see its effects, and you can hear it when it's there. And so it is with regeneration. It is the work of God, being born from above being born of water, cleansed, purified, being born of a spirit, given a new heart, a new life. And if those things are true of you, then we should hear that in your daily conversation. We should see that in your daily walk. And in that, we are giving praise to God for what he has done. Yes, regeneration is not something we can do. It's something God does for us. But we respond to that glorious work. We respond with love and obedience as we live for Him by the power of the Spirit every day of our life. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, we do thank You for the finished work of salvation accomplished by Your Son, Jesus Christ. And we praise You that You apply that finished work to our hearts, and to our lives. We thank you for the blessing of regeneration, being born from above, a work which we were unable to accomplish, but which you accomplished perfectly by the power of your Spirit. Lord God, help us to live out of that truth. Help us today 
As we go home and interact with our family, as we interact with our fellow church members uh, after church this morning, help us to be able to hear that you are at work in us and you have been at work in us. Help us in our actions to, to do things which bring honor and glory to you and demonstrate that we can live the truth of regeneration. We are weak and so we need the power of your spirit to live in a way that brings praise to you. Hear our prayer, O God, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Let's turn to 394 in the Trinity Psalter hymnal. 394, eternal spirit, God of truth, our contrite hearts inspire. Ignite a flame of heavenly love and feed the pure desire. Tis thine to soothe the sorrowing mind with guilt and fear oppressed. Tis thine to bid the dying live and give the weary rest. We're going to sing both verses, 394. Let's stand together as we sing. Receive the parting blessing of our God, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Amen.